0: and welcome to Theology Matters. This is Dr. John Clark. And uh, today we want to continue with our study on the false gospel response cliches. And we've been looking at and considering the false gospel response cliche of asking Jesus into your heart. Uh, As we had mentioned before, this is probably by far the most popular uh, false response cliche that's used in our day. Uh, If you recall, there was a, a story I shared uh, earlier about a pastor who had estimated uh, as a child growing up between the ages of 6 and 18 that he had probably asked Jesus into his heart over 600 times and basically just did the math from years 6 to 18, at least 50 weeks out of the year, responding to the altar call at his church and going up and repeating a, a sinner's prayer that including uh, included asking Jesus into his heart. And so Uh, Today, I want to start with another story, uh, very similar to that, that's uh, shared in Dr. Dennis Roxer's uh, booklet called Seven Reasons Not to Ask Jesus in Your Heart Again, put out by Grace Gospel Press. And that's a story of a 12-year-old named Ricky uh, who came forward every week of a youth Bible study during the salvation altar call. He kept on asking Jesus into his heart and was never sure if he had done it right or if Jesus had come in. And stayed in. And uh, for many people, that is their experience with this false gospel response cliche. And that's why many people who have asked Jesus into their heart and believe that that's how you're saved have done it more than once. Almost uh, 100% of the people that I've ever talked to have said that uh, when they ask Jesus in their heart, that they've done it more than once for fears, uh, very similar to Ricky uh, shared in, in Pastor Roxer's article. And um, one of the things that the person speaking to Ricky said was, you know, Ricky, let's go to John three sixteen, and let's place your name in John 3, 16. And, and so he would read through the verse and he said, for God so loved Ricky that he gave his only begotten son for Ricky, that if Ricky would believe in Jesus Christ, Ricky would not perish, but Ricky would have Eternal life, and um, just making John three sixteen personal there, and keeping the biblical response to believe or faith or trust; those are all synonyms for the Greek verb pistuo. Um, keeps the gospel front and center because now, when you tell somebody to believe in somebody, the natural follow up question is why? Why him? Why do I need to trust him? Why should I rely upon him for eternal life? Why? And the answer to that question is because Jesus died in your place as your substitute, and God accepted his sacrifice on your behalf. And one of the things, uh, pull in a quote here from Dr. J.B. Hickson uh, from his book, I believe, Getting the Gospel Wrong. He wrote, The saving power. Resides exclusively not in the act of faith or the attitude of faith or the nature of faith, but in the object of faith. And that's one of the things that when we preach the gospel and the response, the biblical response of faith alone, it keeps the gospel front and center. It keeps the object of our faith front and center. And that's where we want to keep it in our presentation of the gospel. Now, another Uh, A couple of reasons why we should not ask Jesus into our heart is uh, that it requires no understanding of the gospel to do it. And again, remember, the gospel is is exactly what we've been sharing, that Jesus Christ, the God-man, died for our sins and rose again. And do you know that people can ask Jesus into their heart without believing this or even knowing this message? Over the years, uh, in fact, in hundreds of conversations with people, uh about salvation it's it's amazing to note that many who have asked Jesus Christ into their hearts do not even mention Christ or his work. In, in fact, many of these people go on to describe how good works are necessary either to get saved or to stay saved. And there's hundreds of people I've talked to over the years either at a at a county fair or on an airplane who have given this as a false response cliche. And then as I go on and probe deeper they are trusting also uh, in some level of works to get them into heaven. In fact, they never even bring up the fact that Jesus died for their sins and rose again. The only time they talk about Jesus is when they they specifically say they asked Jesus into their heart. But that's all that they they speak about. And, you know, we've looked at this again, but it's but it's good to I think repeat. There's there's a difference. There's quite a difference between asking Jesus into your heart and knowing that you're saved because Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again, and that you've simply trusted in his work to save you. In fact, as mentioned, if if we give the proper biblical response of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, again, the natural follow-up question is why? Why Jesus Christ? And implied is something which you must rely upon. That's the gospel message, and Jesus himself is the one who accomplished that. Another reason why we shouldn't ask Jesus in our heart is it either results in no assurance of salvation, or it brings a false assurance to many people. In fact, the reason for that is it confuses the means of salvation with the results of salvation. And and what I mean by that is this, Jesus Christ comes into a person's heart when they put their faith in Christ alone in his finished work, not when they ask him to. In fact, Jesus Christ coming into the heart Of the believer is a result of their salvation, not something asked for as a prerequisite to be saved. Um, You know, Galatians 4 6 says, Because you are sons already. In fact, let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, which says this Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba Father. It's not in order to become a son that he sends him into your heart, but he sent Jesus Christ into your heart via the Holy Spirit the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you became a son. And we looked at uh, in last week's uh, session, John 1, 12, that how do you become a son? How do you become born of God? Well, it's as you believe in his name. And so The prerequisite uh, to being saved is faith alone in Christ's finished work alone. The result of placing your faith in Christ is that Jesus comes to dwell in our hearts. In fact, when we look at the phrase, asking Jesus into our hearts, it puts the cart in front of the horse. And what it implies is subtly that God is not already determined to put Jesus in our hearts. By, by asking God to do it, we're implying that he may do that or he may not do that. And it's actually introducing a subtle form of unbelief. Let me see if I can illustrate that with a, a created example. Imagine a wealthy millionaire wants to offer you $5 million and he says, here is $5 million. I want you to personally have it. While I know that you do not deserve it, nor have you earned it, you can have it right now as a love gift from me to you. Would you respond by saying, oh, please, sir, give me your $5 million. While I do not deserve it and cannot earn it, oh, please give it to me. Is that how we would respond? Well, clearly not. In fact, we would respond, thank you. Or we would reach out our hands and receive the gift. We would believe him. Uh, That he had placed that gift into our possession. We would not beg him or plead with him for that gift. And so you can see the difference between believing in somebody or asking them for something. Again, believing is trusting that something's already been done. Asking them is, is basically casting doubt on whether or not that person will do what you're asking them to do or they won't. And so it's two totally different things. And finally, the last reason we want to look at why you should not ask Jesus into your heart is it does not clarify the condition of salvation. It confuses it, especially with children. And see, this is why most children have asked Jesus into their heart more than once. They're not, they're not clear on it. In fact, it confuses them. In fact, when you think of most people, um, they actually believe that this cliche Asking Jesus in your heart helps communicate the gospel to children. But but frankly, the opposite appears to be true. Uh, in fact, one four-year-old girl was watching a, a medical program on television with her parents. And during the heart operation, which was shown, she saw the doctors carefully lift out the patient's heart. And at that moment, she asked, Daddy, is he giving his heart to Jesus? And one of the things that we learn about children, even in educational uh, periodicals and what they've learned through studies is that children begin life thinking very concretely and not abstractly. And so when confronted with this appeal, asking Jesus into the heart, they somehow imagine Christ in bodily form somehow living in the organ that pumps our blood because that's the way that they think. They're very concrete. And so ironically enough, to use the phrase, ask Jesus into your heart actually confuses the children Because of their natural uh, tendency at that age to think concretely that Jesus is actually coming into the organ that pumps our blood. But you know what's ironic is people use that cliche thinking that they're clarifying the issue because they believe that faith or trust or relying upon is too hard to understand that that concept is too abstract. And you know, one of the things that you find with children is they can understand the concept of trust, rely upon. Or believe. And I'll give you an example. If I were uh, in a house with my family and the house caught on fire in the middle of the night, and as I scrambled to get everybody out of, the, out of the fire, I thought I had everybody. And then I looked up and my four-year-old daughter was at her bedroom window with smoke pouring out of her window. And she is up there and there's no way I can go back in. I would tell her, say, you just jump down, jump out of the window and daddy will catch you. And if she said, look, dad, I'm scared. I I don't want to jump out of the window. It's two stories up and I may hurt myself. I may break my leg. But if I said, jump out of the window, trust me, I'll catch you. Trust that dad will catch you. You can rely upon me. If you'll just jump, I'll catch you. Trust me. Believe in me. Rely upon me. That little girl's going to understand what I'm saying. And in the same way, we can communicate, trust, believe, rely upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ to our children. And that's going to make a lot more sense to them than this false gospel response cliche of asking Jesus into their heart. And so does accuracy in this area matter? Well, it matters if you believe the following. If you believe that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, then accuracy matters. There's nothing else and there's no other name, Peter says, under heaven by which men must be saved. And so if we want to keep the gospel message accurate, it, it does, or uh, clear, We it does matter what we teach it to be. And so accuracy does matter if we believe that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. It, it's accuracy matters if you believe that a correct understanding of God's plan of salvation truly determines one word where someone will spend eternity. Now, if you don't believe that, if it's no big deal, or uh, God's just going to grade on the curve, or uh, he's just going to, you know, whoever's sincere makes it, um, then accuracy doesn't matter. But if you believe that the Bible was designed to communicate a clear message that's designed to be communicated to others, then we will believe that accuracy matters and we'll, we'll take this to heart. And then, Accuracy matters if you believe that you have a responsibility, that I have a responsibility to teach the word of God just like God gave it. If there's a any heart there to say, all I want to say and all I want to teach is what God teaches, then accuracy matters. And so I hope that has been helpful as it relates to asking Jesus into your heart and why that would be a false biblical response, a, a response that's not found in the Bible. And as I've mentioned multiple times In this lesson series for a good resource, please check out Seven Reasons Not to Ask Jesus in Your Heart by Pastor Dennis Roxer, put out by Grace Gospel Press.